Hey everyone, welcome to episode 88 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And after a two-week aloha break for yours truly, mahalo for joining us again as we get back into our weekly conversations. <laughs> as much fun as we had on our vacation and enjoying some of the most amazing landscapes of all creation this side of Eden, it is indeed good to be back home and to be back with you. The last two weeks, if you've been following along, our episodes were a rewind or greatest hits, if you will, of the podcast, The End of the Beginning with Daryl Toll and A Place for Prostitutes by Bill Crofton, where we decided that there are over 80 episodes in the archives on nearly as many corresponding topics and it would do you well and be worth your time to go back and check out those past conversations. You can do that in the Hospital Church mobile app or on the website at hospitalchurch.org. It is a little painful that the best of, of our two people that are not us. <laughs> I think, well, I think, <laughs> I think though in both cases, all three of us were with our special guests, so maybe we should have more guests more often. So this week, we're really going to try to tackle two of the past three messages that I've missed. I was really it kind of throws off the jet lag, the the time change, all that kind of throws off your calendar. And I thought, sure, I only missed two <laughs> weeks. And then it was like, no, we've missed three. So this week we're going to go back, and this was finishing up the series on a life well lived. And we explored on the 20th of January was a life well lived in honoring God's expectations. And then two weeks ago in choosing the right God. And as I looked through and listened to both of these messages, because it was at a weird time <laughs> in Hawaii time uh, versus Eastern Standard, both of these seem to work together and as part of the series, of course. But the the idea of the tithing and choosing the right God, I mean, those mm. really go hand in hand when you start to look at those. And I, I really thought that the tithing's you said something about the tithing's purpose versus its use mm. according to God. And I thought, you know, and I forget the analogy that you used. I was, I was sure I wrote it down, but of course I did not. But I really like that analogy because it's something that we hear the catchphrase like, well, you got to give 10% to God. And it's like, well, why am I giving 10% to God? Right. And who decided 10%? Was it God that decided the 10%? <laughs> and I thought so many people may be new to this or – Maybe they're not new to it, yeah. but they're new to, to trying to really understand. Like, okay, Andy, yeah. I, I hear you, 10%. <laughs> I, I got it. But what about someone who says, I still don't really get this, and I don't feel like I have the money, but I have time, and I can donate my talent of fill-in-the-blank. Is that something that God would see as the same thing? Well, he's already sort of taken a seventh of our time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Arbitrarily, it seems a little bit. Um, no, I, I think that there's there's something about the ease of, of flowing. I think I think one of the reasons that we have tithe is not because God needs the money or the preachers have to get paid. That's how we use it, right? But it's it's really it's really about reducing pride of ownership in us and and reducing our thinking that we take care of ourselves. It's 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 letting go to sort of say, yeah, I, I do have faith in God. And I think one of the reasons that tithe is important is the second week that we are talking about the mm-hmm. choosing the right God, having the right God, is the money and wealth is just the one of the easiest things for us to idolize. Yeah, and and so I think I think really, and when God's saying, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to bless you abundantly, I'm going to give you stuff," and I want you to realize that ten percent of the top is mine. 
I think it's a really a preventative of us making that whatever we hold in our hand our God. So is this then the the cure for maybe the it's easier for uh, what is it the it's hard it's harder for a rich man to go through in the kingdom than a camel <laughs> yes. goes through the eye of the needle. There easy you go. For, easy for me to say. So <laughs> is this kind of the because it's people that we may look at as wealthy, and I know that's a uh, that's hard to define. Because sure. well, what is wealth? <laughs> well, that depends on your circumstances. Because of where but, you live in the world. Yeah. So, but I mean, for someone that you might think of as wealthy, having access or having access, is mm-hmm. this the the way that we're kind of to offset that text? Well, you say this is how someone who is wealthy gets in because they have this spirit of giving. Well, there is a there is a letting go of trusting in my the works of my own hands. I think that's probably the biggest problem with the with the wealth. But the, the nice thing about tithe is that really it's it's the same for everybody. It, and, you know, when you get a dollar for your allowance and you give ten percent to tithe, ten cents to tithe, you think you know how, that's not much. Yeah. But it's still it's one tenth. Sure. And if you get a hundred thousand dollar paycheck and you give ten thousand dollars, think, man, I'm giving a lot of money. <laughs> money. But, but you're not really. You're giving. You're giving the Still same. Giving. It's, it's all the same pain. <laughs> it's just at different levels. It feels different. Tony Campanello had a book. Uh, Who changed the price tags? I think was the name of the book. Mm. And um, he gives this perspective, which I think changes changed a lot for me years ago because it does. It does feel like, oh man, that's a lot of money. Ten percent. That's more than. My car payment, you know, and you think about... Where the most people save. Yeah. (laughs) But he said, you know, originally when God was instituting the idea of uh, this to the Israelites and and talking about returning a tenth, it was really... The tenth was for their parties. And, you know, and and that sounds really odd, but... (laughs) um, Read, read, read Deuteronomy 14, it won't sound odd. Yeah, because (laughs) here's a whole group of people who are dedicated to make this wilderness thing work yeah and so they uh so they're toiling at six days a week and they've been slaves with nothing exactly for 400 years i mean and we're not talking about currency really in terms of how we think of it today we're talking about their crops and but they were getting manna for free i mean yeah what they do (laughs) (laughs) they got food and water for free but as they establish their nation (laughs) here they come together and they bring their first fruits they bring the 10 percent and that all goes for their party. I mean, literally these yeah, feasts, these feasts and, celebrations. and the celebrations. And then the leaders, the Levites, who are basically the party leaders. And I hate to say it that way because it sounds really <laughs> trivial. But it really was an opportunity to see. And it's not Celebrate about... Celebrate God. Yeah. It was an opportunity for them to come together and to really understand what it meant to sell. To well, some scholars think that Deuteronomy 14 yeah. is a, a, a second tithe. That's a, there's a big yeah. discussion about that. But it's really clear. You you keep this tithe and you hold it. And if you, if you can't, if you live too far from the temple, turn into money, then go near the temple and buy... Animals for your sacrifices and strong drink for your friends and have a big gigantic party. (laughs) Yeah, very different. Well, how does this? And this was something that maybe this has no connection whatsoever. It's very, very, very. very, Been in Hawaii. (laughs) Been in Hawaii. Very, very possible. But like Cain and Abel, I mean, Mm -hmm. God was very specific about what the appropriate sacrifice is. Sure. Does that same principle? I mean, is it that black and white for tithes, where? You know, what is laid out? Because I really was surprised when you said 39 texts in the Bible 
that deal with tithe. Yeah. And you're thinking, wait a minute, I have heard, <laughs> you know, maybe we've heard this sermon more than any other sermon ever. And it's like, there, this, what? 39 taxes, it? But, I, but it made me wonder if as specific as God was, and granted this is way before the Israelites and, and this law is given out or this, this edict is right. given out, but he's very specific there about, I'm asking you for this, so don't give me this. Is there a way for us to know? Because you, you kind of mentioned that some people give independently, they mm-hmm. give in other places, and how we sure are, how do we feel good about what right. we're giving? I guess right. that's because yeah. I know that's a question that a lot of people right. have. It's well, like I think it's really clear that in the scriptures that the, one of the one of the uses of tithe is to pay the ministry, so pay pay people mm-hmm. in, in pastoral roles. It, within our denomination, some of us used to pay teachers for the part of the day they teach Bible. Uh, they've justified okay. it that way, even though there are some strong quotations from Ellen White uh, sort of against that idea. So the idea that it's, you know, the being it being an absolute rule is, I don't think the whole point of tithing. I think really the point of tithing is for our benefit to keep us from thinking that we take care of ourselves. Um, okay. when, I, when I let go of that, it's it's me saying, okay, I can trust God that he's the one that really takes care of me. I don't have to grab, hold, and hoard for myself because he'll he'll care for me. Yeah, it goes back to actually the the la- not this last week, but the week before is who's going to be our God, and yeah. uh, and it's a issue of because tithe to me as I look at it, tithe doesn't feel like it's mine anyway, so I'm not really making those. No, no you're, it's really no sacrifice. Yeah. It's, it's 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 simply not stealing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I remember a couple of months back when we had talked about that and you, yeah. you'd brought that up in a message. And that was the first time that I'd actually heard it put that way. And that does seem, at least if you're on board with the idea that, hey, God does take care of me and I do have faith in that, that it's something, like you said, it's not mine. It's just something that I need to give because of all of this. And I should want to give that from that place in my heart that's just thankful. Sure, there's or, the passage. Grateful. There's a passage in Chronicles where there should says, be a side of me that doesn't want to take it is what the <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. true. There's a passage in Chronicles that you know the, the reality is that we think we think we work hard and earn well and and we're 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 smart and clever and educated and all these kinds of things, but it even it says clearly that you know God's the one who gives you the ability to gain worldly wealth. Uh, so it's not even even what we get to use and hold on to that other ninety percent to manage. We we don't we are fooling ourselves if we think we somehow have it's out of us that we just did that. Yeah. Uh, it's God gives us the ability every day to live and breathe and work and have brains and all that kind of thing. So without it, it doesn't even matter. There's right. no ninety percent to keep or a hundred either way, right? <laughs> right. I thought the Ellen White story just it was just a tidbit was extremely extremely. I knew interest, you'd bring that up. Extremely interesting, just for the fact that I I mean I'd never heard that before. Tell that story in the context. I mean, how did that? I mean, I know it was church was early, and they were probably in the. They were not still pleased. trying to figure. They were still trying to figure this whole thing out. Maybe well, organizational. Yeah, organizationally, I don't think they were thrilled about this. But Ellen White did sometimes take some of her tithe and pay ministers outside of the system uh, that were not being paid by the denomination, and she received people would sometimes give her their tithe. And she didn't say, "Oh no, you can't do that." She took that and she get, and she paid ministers. Now it's interesting; she used the tithe that was hers and tithes from other people to pay pastors. And so, people at a local church that are serving in a pastoral role that may not be denominational employees 
would be the kind of people she might pass that money to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting precedent. So that yeah. that begs the question then, is giving the 10% more important than following a prescribed path to where it goes? Okay. Uh-huh. Ah, man, you would say this, wouldn't you? <laughs> is this being recorded? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think we have to understand very clearly that within our denomination, there's a there's a clearly laid out structure of how tithe is handled and who the church collects it, the church gathers it, sends it in 100% of it to the conference, which is considered the, quote, storehouse place mm-hmm. that takes the tithe. And then it's distributed some back to pastoral salaries here, for instance, um, out of our $1.5 million, a very little bit of it actually gets back to Jeff, Greg, and I. Um, then it, it supports the whole denomination as sure. well. That's a denominational, organizational decision on how to work the tithe. Yeah. That is not a biblical model of tithing. The, the principle of tithing is very biblical, unquestionably biblical, I think. Okay. But the distribution of tithe and how the tithe is managed and handled and who holds it and how it's distributed, those are organizational decisions that our organization has made. And we have, as thinking adult followers of Jesus Christ, we have the ability to say in our minds, oh, I'm going to follow that because I belong to this organization. Or we can say, you know, I'm choosing, even though the organization says that, I choose not to do that. It's not a biblical mandate to follow a certain pattern. It's an organizational decision, and I'm a part of the organization, so that's what I do. But that, we don't have to think about that being some kind of biblical mandate. Well, right. that, and that's what I was asking, essentially, because <clears throat> you know I've heard people that have said that, well, you know, I, I don't agree with X, Y, or Z. And again, that's, you know, we can go down a million rabbit holes right. with that. But just to make sure that someone who may be on the fence about saying, you know, don't miss out on the blessing because maybe you don't understand right. exactly how things are done or how things are utilized. Don't don't miss out on the blessing of the giving because of something that the devil can use as well. Right. I think it's yeah, really, it, I think it's really important to recognize that that if I if I choose to not follow the organizational pattern, I think scripturally you have a responsibility to see that those dollars are given for ministry. Okay. Okay. Not n- not for um, drilling a well. Not not for feeding children. Those are all important ministries. But the tithe seems scripturally to be about supporting people in the in the work of ministry. Okay. And so the people the people who might be drilling that well you might support, but you wouldn't support the drill rigs. I think in the in the very truest sense of using tithe. Yeah, the okay. principle goes back to how. We see it used in even the Old Testament where those who were serving them in terms of ministry, right. they had no other means. And so there was, sure. a, there, was, there was this plan. But I think we also have to be careful of not just our misunderstanding of it, but also our attitude about it. You know, because sometimes our attitudes of... <clears throat> Well, they're not doing it the way I think they should, and so we have this strings attached giving. Yeah, we yeah. have this. I want to control it. Even yeah. even in our giving, we do that. So, sure. in other words, so I think we need to really check our heart, our attitude mm-hmm. as it relates to this giving. That all makes actually perfect sense, and I like the fact that because really, the we get down to the bottom of it, we really want to be scriptural yeah. and follow that scriptural idea of what God intended it to be, and to make sure that that matches up appropriately, sure. so we're doing the right thing. Best personal tithing offering giving story, either personally from yourself, your family, or some way that you can tangibly say, I know that 
because I'm being faithful and I'm not keeping it, I know it's not mine, I'm not counting on it, I'm just giving it away. Anything individually that you feel like God has blessed you or that it feels right? I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but is there either either that have a story? I don't know of of a specific story. I, I believe that the practices of the parents to the generations, I think, do bring blessings. I mean, there's habits and practices that that connect. And and I, I look back at my life, and I have just lived in so many ways a, a blessed and charmed life. I mean, I really I, – I, I just think about yeah. so much good. I, I have a hard time looking back and thinking about anything bad. Yeah. And, and you know – Say that's directly paid because I was a tithe payer. I, yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like bargaining with God. No, sure, sure. But I do believe that there's some, there's something about that integrity of doing that honestly that builds a a practice of integrity in your life that builds rewards into your life that, that you can't even you can't even get your hands on. You don't you don't even know what they are, but they're they're very real. And I and it's the, I think that practice of just doing that. Um, lays a track down. I've, I've always said that th- that in, and within our denomination, uh, people come in, maybe join the church or in a lower socioeconomic level, and if you watch them over time, they they go up. And and I think part of that is tithing. I think part of it is is uh, good stewardship practices that are taught as well. But uh, just God is anxious to bless us. It's not some kind of tit for tat thing, though. I mean, it's yeah. just God says you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be a more blessed person if you don't steal from me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, I think that manifests its way, and that was going to be just the little bit that I shared personally was just in those times where you find yourself being extremely faithful and also being faithfully cheerful mm-hmm. as you give and just saying, "Man, this is an honor." Yeah. And I'm happy that I'm in this position to give this, then it really does change your outlook. It changes sort of the whole paradigm of your life. Sure. It, it just through something that simple and that, I hate to say it's small because it's not small for everybody. Yeah. When there's not a lot, sometimes it's not small. It feels really, really big. Sure. But, you know, well, there's been times in all of our lives when it felt gigantic. Yeah. Right. And and I think I think that we're allowed to come into those circumstances to test our faith. Are you going to walk by faith? Are you going to try to walk by sight? There is no certainty. You haven't seen the blessing yet, but you're you're faithful because God's call for faithfulness. Yeah. Well, I kind of figured we would be over time this week just with the topic and the <laughs> fact that we were trying to jam two into one. And I'm not even going to ask the last question because we'll never get out of here if I do. But one of our FHC takeaways from this past week asked just to share any good tithing and blessed stories that you may have. Because I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of us that you, you kind of brought up. There was There's probably those of us within our congregation or at least and for sure within our community that aren't tithers. They're not givers necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so anything that might trigger someone else to realize the blessing that's there, because it's hard like you say, I can't, it's not a tit for a tat. It's not just because I share a story, but maybe someone's story will resonate with someone that needs to just hear that. Wow. I feel this way because, you know, and maybe you can chalk it up to coincidence, but (laughs) roll the dice, even if it's placebo, let's roll with it and see what happens. Right. right. You know, and and good stories are good inspirers and give it a chance. So, Let's see. Upcoming this week, what are we? What are we up to? This week, we are starting 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. The Olympics start Friday night. I know. Oh, and right. so we're, we're talking about the that's three, right. That's right. the official three values of the Olympics, which happen to be very scriptural and have a lot of oh, uh, backing right. in scripture. They are, they are friendship, Just respect, and excellence. excellence. Yeah. And so we'll be doing friendship this week. And um, oh, That's right. Love the Olympics. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking for some Olympic stories of competitors to become friends. Uh, we'll see what we we'll see what I come up with. See what the we scripture is with. full of it, and uh, <laughs> it's good. Well, excellent. So until next Wednesday and episode 89, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you then.